0: welcome to Real Living. This is Lavinia Spirito, and Mary Lou has some technical difficulties, so I will be flying solo today. I wanted to continue the series that we had um, started a while back entitled Join the Resistance, and it's based on a booklet by Ralph Martin, Dr. Ralph Martin of Renewal Ministries, and you can get this booklet at RenewalMinistries.net. Um, and they'll just send it to you. I mean, you may want to send a donation, but they will just send it to you regardless. And it's a pretty nice booklet and has to do with um, resisting the power of evil as it gains dominance in our culture and sometimes even in our church. If you know anything about Ralph, you do know that he is a a warrior, right? He is a, a prayer warrior, a culture warrior, he stands for the kingdom, even in difficult times. And this booklet that he has written um, is uh, is a very, I think it gives consolation and it also gives insight, I think, into some of the crises that we might be sustaining as a culture and as a church. It takes keen discernment to be well clothed with the necessary spiritual armor. So not only do we need prayer, courage, wisdom, insight, and trust in the Holy Spirit, we also need the gift of discernment, and we need to be clothed with the spiritual armor and the enormously powerful spiritual weapons that are, are at disposal. Um, that's very important. I think it's, it's important to know that it's all about him and not about us. That, yes, we need to cooperate with Greece. grace, we need to collaborate, we need to help, we need to you know, participate and um, say, yes, Lord, and have him use us whenever it is necessary. But really, it's not about us. It's about him because it's only by his power and the power of the Holy Spirit that we are able to overcome any obstacles, whether it's, um, you know, deterioration in society, the culture and the church, or it's just our own lives. I mean, that's kind of the way that we look at it Uh, in the prior uh, in the prior shows. We had kind of laid out the problem um, of our cult. you know, basically that it looks like things are getting a little bit. Worse for Christians, of course. We've been here before, right? We've been here before when to be a Christian was not necessarily the most popular thing in the world, uh, and even invited opposition, resistance, and maybe even persecution. And um, it sounds like we're going full circle. It sounds like we're going full circle, and nothing is new under the sun. You know, we've been reading Ecclesiastes in daily in the liturgy of the hours. And that's kind of what it's about, you know, uh, nothing is new under the sun. And so when the conditions that caused the first evangelization, uh, you know, an apostate, uh, more than apostate, an atheistic, secular humanist, um, hedonistic society, like the Rome of the first century, when those conditions are replicated in the 21st century, so 2,000 years later, we seem to have done gone sort of full circle, right? So Where are we? We're atheistic, in some cases apostate, because you can only be an apostate if first you are baptized and have embraced um, the Lord, but then you have rejected him. And so we have an apostate, uh, humanistic, materialistic, um, sort of atheistic take on things. And uh, that's widespread as a culture. And it's also, unfortunately, there are some inroads in our beloved church. Now, you know, like the Lord says, um, do never, do not fear. You know, do not fear. Do not be afraid, because He is with us. Even today's liturgy of the hour, Psalm 16, was very consoling, because by my God I can overcome, and by my God I can bu- bend a bow of a material that's very heavy. Uh, with Him, I can do all things, and I think that's important to keep in mind. Now, I think uh, just to recap a little bit from prior shows. Uh, there are four main restrainers that the Lord seems to have put on the work of the evil one in human society and to help humans live together and live well and to pursue the good in such a way that they're not dominated by deeper corrupt passions within which you know what is what a description hopefully of the Christian life there are four main restrainers of the Lord uh, has put on the things that could be obstacles. The first one is natural law, the law that we have in our hearts. It's wrong to steal. It's wrong to kill. It's wrong to sleep with somebody else's husband or wife. I mean, there's certain basics that you don't have to be a Christian to know that those things are not going to make for human flourishing. And that's a restrainer that the Lord has allowed in our our time to help us resist our disordered passions, because if not, it's like, well, why can't I do that? And why can't I, why can't I steal your car? Why can't I steal your family? Why can't I? You know, it's 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 a restrainer. Why? Because because there is there are the dictates of natural law which are engraved in the human heart. No matter where you're, whether you're from Kazakhstan, Papua New Guinea, Samoa, um, and, or Finland. I mean, basically. They're they're universal constants. The second restrainer that the Lord has put is the family, the family, the nuclear family, a mother, a father, and children, or even just a mother and a father with the children that come alongside uh, that they nurture through their fatherhood and their motherhood. I mean, you know, we talk about alternative families today, but the alternative family that probably the Lord is thinking of is um, a mother and a father who take care of people around them uh, maybe even if they're not the children from their body. Okay. So the authority of the parents to help raise their children, to embrace virtue and live a disciplined life of love as they grow into adulthood. And that's good because it helps us again, to resist the temptations to, it's just me, myself, and now I, you know, um, I'm independent. I'm autonomous. I am the Republic of me. I get to make all the decisions. Well, no, if you grow up in a family, you know that that won't fly. So that's another restrainer. The third restrainer is the government now, the government is meant to protect its citizens, especially the weakest ones, right, to preserve the rights of the vulnerable and to um, maintain civil order and see that justice is done. I mean, that's a very important part, and it helps us resist the pretend- propensity to disorder and violence. Look at what has happened in the past two or three years in cities in which um the police has withdrawn or has been limited in its reach, or even the courts you know uh, ca- uh, towns where the decision was made at the highest levels not to prosecute certain kinds of crimes. Now look what has happened uh, the anarchy, the rioting the the killings the just the just the panic you know the the disorder, the violence and those are the things that a properly constituted government is meant to withhold and then finally, the fourth restrainer is the church you know a healthy church is the light and the salt to the nations it is the the measuring rod right it's the city on the hill it's it's basically all the things that make for peace and for human flourishing are taught by the church um, and it helps us resist pride and what idolatry which idolatry is what when you put other things in the place of God. Right, so when you worship and you adore um, your spouse, uh, intellectual achievements, money, power, um, whatever it is, those can be idols. Anything that takes the um, the love and the worship that God alone deserves is idolatry, and unfortunately, I think we've seen some of that in our society as well. So I think it's important to kind of mount that, to to realize that we are in a stage in which we are trying to resist the inroads of evil that have been caused by the loosening of the restraints on these tendencies in our times, okay? So it also requires that we be strong, you know, instead of wringing our hands and saying, oh my goodness, what happened? Bishop so-and-so said this, and and, um, cardinal so-and-so did that, and uh, mayor and president and, um, you know, council member, everybody's complaining, right, about all the behaviors of the people and what they shouldn't have done and how come they said that and we're confused. Well, yeah, but we also need to know that we are living in the world, but we are carrying on not a worldly war. This is the words of Second Corinthians 10 verse 3. We need to always realize that we don't have any human enemies. The only enemy is the enemy of our souls. Is the is the the fallen angel and his followers. Uh, those are the only ones that we need to worry about because those are the ones that are behind the actions of humans, the disordered actions, the violent actions, the selfish, ambitious, greedy actions of human beings. But all human beings are children of the Father. So we can't have them as enemies, but we can recognize what the proper arena of warfare is. And that is so crucial. for 2 Corinthians 10. For though we live in the world, we are not carrying on a worldly war. For the weapons of our warfare are not worldly, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. So what is a stronghold? We destroy arguments and every proud obstacle to the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. Well, that's a long way to say that we have the spiritual weapons and the spiritual armor to resist and to do what needs to be done to bring the kingdom to the world. And so we need to stand firm. Ephesians 6, I mean, that's like our, you know, those are our marching orders, right? Ephesians 6, 10 and following, this is where Paul reminds us that the conflict is a conflict of, uh, of the spirit. It's a conflict that is spiritual warfare in the high places. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we are not contending against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the powers, against the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take the whole armor of God. There's some great pictures, there's posters, there's coins with the armor of God, if you need a visual. It's important to realize that this is warfare and that we need to put our armor on, all right? So we take the whole armor of God so that we may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. If you can't, how many times it says withstand and stand? It's a lot in this passage. The next verse, stand, What does stand mean? Stand means don't run away, right? Stand means stand firm in what matters and in what cost, stand firm in love, stand firm in hope, stand firm in faith, stand firm in all the virtues, live a moral life, reach out to others, pray for them for healing, offer consolation and support. I mean, in all the ways in which we can stand. And when you see something that's within your sphere of influence, which is out of order, or is straight from the pit of hell, for instance. Um, you have the authority within your sphere of authority, of course, um, because, of course, we all know you don't have the authority to call sin out uh, openly when that's not your sphere of authority. You can recognize it, but you can leave it to the people, the proper authority, to call the sin, call sin sin, basically. But we can withstand on the evil day, and having all done done all, to stand stand there therefore having girded your loins with truth, having put on a breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the equipment of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you can quench all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. And to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So uh, to unpack it a little bit. Okay, so we put truth around our waist, around our loins. Our truth is um, the truth about our human nature, the truth about our gender, the truth about how human nature works, the truth The truth, God's truth, transcendent truth. Remember, we live in a society that says, well, what is truth? Is my the same as yours? No, not really. Everybody has the same, different truths. Well, first of all, that's not grammatically correct or philosophically correct because either there's one truth and is absolute or there is nothing. There has to be one truth. So acknowledge that there is one transcendent truth and then live in righteousness. Put on the breastplate that covers your chest, your heart, Right? Put on righteous and moral living. And then where we walk, let us bring peace with our feet shod with the gospel of peace. Let us not be contentious. Let us not be uh, you know, be battling all the time. Let us bring peace wherever we walk. Let it be as effortless as just peace is in our presence. And then, of course, above all, take the shield of faith. And what does a shield do? It covers you completely. It covers the front of your body. You have to put your arm through the shield and you have, that's why the buckler comes in. Sometimes the shield of faith, because why? Because there are constant flaming darts that the evil one is constantly flinging us at us, whether it's internal, you're stupid, you're ugly. Nobody wants to be with you. You'll never overcome your trauma, all the wounds of rejection, abandonment, shame, all that stuff. Uh, or things like, does God really exist? Does the Church really is the body of Christ? Um, uh, is the Eucharist really the body, blood, soul, and divinity of the Lord Jesus Christ? I mean, there are many darts that the evil one can throw at us. He can even throw darts that say, "Are you really uh, sure about this? You know, are you really sure about uh, the love of the Lord that the Lord made you and created you for Himself? Are you really true? Are you really sure about that? You know, there's many ways in which. The evil one can throw flaming darts. But if we have faith, if we have the shield of faith, which means that we trust that the Lord will do what He said He's going to do, then those flaming darts will be extinguished on the shield of faith. And then finally, we take, of course, the helmet of salvation. Where does the helmet go? On your head, so that your head is covered by the salvation of God, knowing that we needed salvation and then we accepted salvation. You know, the people who are in trouble are the ones who say, salvation? What's salvation? I don't need salvation. I'm not in trouble. Why would I be in trouble? I'm fine. You're okay. I'm okay. I can do whatever I want as long as I'm not actively killing you or hurting you, and everything will be fine. But the helmet of salvation acknowledges the fact that we do realize we need to be saved, and we accept that salvation. And finally, how do we find out all these things? Through the sword sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And that is the one offensive, offensive, not defensive, but offensive piece of armament that we're given. Because if we attack evil, we do it on the basis of the Word of God, on on how God has revealed himself to us. And at the same time, we pray at all times in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the The person of the Trinity that gives us the strength, the love, the equipping, and the commissioning that we need to stand firm, right? To to that end, keep alert with all perseverance. So, what does that mean? Um, Get distracted and live a sleepy, distracted, reactive lifestyle. No, it means be proactive. Speak to the Lord every day. No that he is Lord, like be still before the Lord, be still and know that he is God. Keep alert with all perseverance. You know, you can get kind of old after a while, especially the older you get, but that's why the Lord exhorts us to perseverance. And by the same time, not just thinking about ourselves, but making supplication for all the saints. So that's important. It's a great passage. If you, should, if you have your Bibles, you should underline that. That's 1 Corinthians. I'm sorry, 1 Eph- I'm sorry Ephesians. Sorry, I'm, my mind is gone here. Ephesians 6, verse 10 and following. If you can underline that, uh, that would be great. You just keep going back to it, okay? There are three exhortations to stand or to hold our ground in the Scripture passage. And we hold our ground by exercising our faith, by having complete trust in God's goodness, power, and wisdom, and by having a clear knowledge of what God has revealed. And that's what's important to know what the Lord has revealed in the sacred scriptures, in tradition, um, and yeah, in oral sacred tradition and magisterial teaching. So that's very important. In our next show, we're going to unpack a little bit more about what that looks like. Thank you for joining us.